0: You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porter Subs. Hey! Hey! We won. Yeah. It's Unnecessary Roughness,
1: presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas.
2: Every day, come in here with a purpose to win. Every single day, get better and improve. 1%. Let's get it.
1: How about we finish this off with a safety, shall we? <laughs> Snap. Back to pass. Pressure again off the edge. And he set for the safety. Crosby and Nichols, they met in the end zone. They squished into to the turf. And the Raiders defense has that safety.
0: Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, it's unnecessary roughness. Here's your boy Q. There is some unnecessary roughness going on at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge. Having a little bit of baseball debates here, (laughs) it's kinda cool. Postseason baseball has got some baseball debates going on inside the Underground Lounge, and that's just kind of what we do. And uh, very passionate fans, to say the least, in the building. And I'm okay with that as we kick off hour number three of the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. And we kick it off with our guy, Ed Graney, from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, and, of course, the Las Vegas Review-Journal as well. And, Ed, glad we are able to catch up with you, my man. The Raiders have won two in a row now, really on the strength of their defense. What did you see from the silver and black on Sunday? Uh, What was your main takeaway from – Especially that defense uh, that you saw at the game.
3: Well, according to Josh McDaniels, we don't throw any fish back.
0: uh, (laughs) That's right.
3: uh, When you win, you don't throw it back in that league. Um, No, I mean it's uh, defense just keeps getting better, right? Each week um, keeps improving, keeps making plays. And that's we talked about it so long in the off season too. And uh, you know, you're out there every day, and just they went so long without being a defense that created turnovers or made the big play when it was needed and got the stop when it was needed. And now they're doing it, you know, uh, the last two weeks, and they look like they're a defense that is feeding off their best player, in Max Crosby. Um, and, you know, he's, you know, he's, to me, he's having a season that's worthy of defensive player of the year conversation. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, that, that stood out. And, look, you know, Brian Hoyer stood out. Um, 15-year veteran, uh, came in and, you know, didn't force things, didn't try to do too much. He had the one long pass. Um I don't know if everyone on the sideline was saying, no, when he threw that. But uh, (laughs) but he actually completed it. And uh, No, I mean, he came in and did what a 15-year vet was you want to do, right? And that's why, you know, we go back to the Aiden O'Connell start against the Chargers. I completely supported that because I think they knew that week Jimmy was out. I think they kind of understood that he was out. you could get a whole week of preparation. In this sense, um, I'm sure Garoppolo took all the first-team snaps last week. and you don't know, you you don't know he's going to get hurt. So that's why you have the veteran presence behind him in case he has to come in in the middle of a game and kind of just calm things down and not lose the game. Um, so I thought that worked out for them well, and I thought Brian Hoyer did a good job of coming in and, again, not forcing anything and just doing what he had to do to get them through the game, and, uh, and they won the game.
0: So with that being said, uh, we don't know what the status is for Jimmy G this week. Do you think that maybe the coaching staff prepares Aiden all week and lets him start, or do you think that oh, they man. kind of let, let Hoyer build off of what he did? This is a great question, man. I, I
3: think when they, I think at three and three, playing a winnable game with a chance to go four and three and stay in this thing and you know continue the good vibes and feelings, um, I think they go Foyer because I think you know the veteran guy and you can get to four and three. It's a winnable game. Um, I might be completely wrong on that, but if they think Jimmy's out for the week, there's something tells me that this is the time they would go with the veteran. You know, it's not like they're one and five. Right. You know, it's not like you know that the season. You know, you're pretty much saying, okay, it's not going to happen this season. I mean, you get to four and three, depending on what the Chargers do tonight. They'd be ahead of the Chargers. I just think if you can get to four and three and continue this positive momentum, even though uh, to you, there's no such thing as momentum. <laughs> uh, if, if you if you continue, I'll just say you can continue forward. Something tells me they'd start to the better. It might be completely wrong, and they might go Aiden O'Connell again. But I think this time is a different situation than the last time.
0: Yeah, and it's funny. I I said Brian Hoyer as well. Um, you know, but like you said, we don't have no idea. You know, I don't no. know how much this coaching staff knows. What it sounded like uh, from what Coach McDaniel said earlier that they thought the injury to Jimmy G was really, really serious because he said that they dodged a big bullet. So to me, it almost felt like that that was a big one that they thought that they were about to face, and that's why he left uh, the, the game in an ambulance and went straight to the hospital.
3: Yeah, I mean, for all we know, according to Michael Mayer, Jim will be okay, which, by the way, Michael Mayer became by far my favorite Raider of all time yesterday when he called him Jim <laughs> uh, instead of Jimmy. That was, right. like, the best quote of the year. So, yeah, I mean, we don't know what's happening with Garoppolo. I mean, you know, these things tend to be like the hockey injuries we heard about with Gold Knights, upper, lower body, day-to-day. Um, yeah. If you have a back injury, I know they're airing on the side of caution to go to the hospital um, if they thought it was something more serious. I guess, I guess I lean on the side of being more surprised if he play this week. Mm-hmm. Um, things don't bounce back as you know as fast as people want them to do, and it is a back uh, which you don't mess around with. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, I think for Garoppolo, it's a good sense they did dodge that bullet because with backs it could be really serious. Um, so maybe it's just a minor thing and he'd take a week off like he did with a concussion and then be back or we might see him out there in Chicago.
0: Yeah, you never know. You never know. Hopefully we'll get some kind of update sooner rather than later, maybe Wednesday or Friday when we talk to hit coach Joshua Daniels. Again, Ed Graney is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. You mentioned Michael Mayer, and he became your new favorite Raider. Uh, he, yeah. he, he, he made some fans, I believe, in Raider Nation as well with the play on the field on Sunday. Five catches, 79 yards, got targeted three times on the first drive. How have you seen him kind of get more comfortable and, and more you know understanding of what he's supposed to be doing as a professional?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think what we saw the other day is what he did at Notre Dame, right? I mean, he can make yards after the catch. Um, he's a, obviously a really big you know, kind of physical guy. Once he gets the ball in his hands, it's good that they're now looking for him. Um, and I think they should do that more. And, you know, you don't know how games play out or what the reads are in each on each down. But I think everyone was hoping he'd get more action to this point than he has. Um I think obviously uh, a rookie tight end like him is probably really still uh, behind the, the curve and learning the blocking aspects of everything. Uh, but when it comes to the receiving aspects and you know yards after the catch, uh, I think he is what they thought he was going to be when they drafted him. So you know I think the point is to get him the ball more and to see more of that kind of action from him. And you know trust that the blocking and everything else the tight end needs to do will come along in time, like with most rookies. Um, you know, I'm sure there's been some rookies tight ends who you know walk right in and are great blockers and understand schemes, but it's a it's a tough position to play in terms of those things um, in the league when you first get there. So I thought he looked really good yesterday. I hope to get them. I hope they get him the ball more because I'm telling you, you know, he, he can do
0: things with the ball. He can, and he can help out in the red zone. And Ed, that's where the Raiders need a lot of help is in the red zone. Man, they were one out of six. Uh, scoring touchdowns in the red zone on Sunday. You're not going to win a whole lot of games like that. Now, to their credit, they still won the game. But something's got to give with that red zone. We had Amber Theo Harris on earlier, and she was talking about you got to get the ball into your playmaker's hands. Devontae's got to be your, your number one target in the red zone. They're just not doing it. What do you think the biggest issues are for the Raiders in their red zone struggles?
3: Well, you just said it. He's got nine targets total in two weeks. Yeah. Um, and that, that I don't. And look, people I'm sure his whole career have tried to take him away with different looks. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not going to say that, uh, I'm sitting there watching every progression that whoever's quarterback is going through, and if he's open or he's not. Uh, but nine targets is too few for him in two weeks, um, that, that I do know. So, you know, probably involve him more. It would be a good thing. Like you just said, um, can they run the ball down there? Uh, make the decisions, you know, on, on, who to throw to. It's just, it's, I think as Josh McDaniel suggested, it's a combination. Of things. That's not one thing. Right. Uh, when you get into the red zone. It's it's a ton of things that go into it. But you're right, one touchdown and six trips. Um, you know, when you're in a close game like that against, let's be honest, not a great team, this is when you know, you're know you glad you have Daniel Carlson. Right. You know, at worst, you're getting three points out of every one of those trips that you get in there. Um, but, yeah, you got to score more touchdowns because you said it best. I mean, you can do that against the Patriots, and as they did yesterday, get away with it. Some of these teams coming up on the schedule, you can't do that. You're not going to win games if you get one touchdown or to six trips to the red zone against teams that you're, you know, after the Bears, you know, it's still weak. You know, you still, have the, you still have the Lions. You haven't played Kansas City yet. You get the Chargers another time. Um, you know, you get the Jets. The schedule is going to get tougher, as we both know, down the stretch. So you got you got to solve those red zone issues.
0: Yeah, they do. They sure do. Again, something I asked Coach McDaniels about, I asked him if there was a disconnect. He said no, and then he went through a bunch of different, you know, scenarios. But uh, they got to figure that out, man, sooner rather than later. You mentioned running. Josh Jacobs, he didn't get 100 yards. He got 77 on 25 carries, so he, he they were committed to, to running the ball. Are you seeing him? Does he look like he's got his legs under him and it's just a matter of the offensive line opening up some holes for him?
3: Yeah, man, he almost broke a few again yesterday. We've talked about this a couple weeks now. He looks so close to breaking a few. Um, and he had one yesterday. I forget what the long was on his on his rushing, um, but he had one where you thought he was going to go. So I think weekly he gets better. Um, you know they still have to do a better job up front for him, but I do think weekly he's getting better and better. Um, and like I said, he just Q, he looks so close to breaking one. You know you know three or four times in a game, and then he, it doesn't happen for him. But they're tough yards, man. He's getting that's that's a lot of tough yards on what um that's the, that's that that means he's getting some tough yards out of that uh to have that you know that kind of number off 25 carries and not breaking so um yeah I think he's getting better and they've got to do a better job up front for him they, you know this offense got a lot of issues right now um you know they get to over 20 but that's because of the safety so it was going to be another one where they didn't get 20 um as an offense and that, that's got to change um but you know when you win games and you get to three and three and, and the offense is playing like it is, you know, you probably feel good about things because you know, you know, all you're probably telling yourself in the, in the building that you can improve and get better if you just keep working at it. And especially in the back of your mind, if your defense is gonna keep playing, you know, well and keep improving each week, you probably play, feel even better about things. So I'm sure they do. Josh said yesterday he's a glass half full guy, most coaches are. I mean most coaches are gonna, you know, even especially after wins, I mean they're gonna look at the tape and, and be critical and grade it, but it's much easier to do that after a win. When you know you have issues, but you won the game in that league, it's much easier to be a glass half full game.
0: How encouraged were you that the defensive uh, tackles, the interior, you know, the Nichols, the Butler, the Jenkins, those guys were able to get home yeah. as opposed to just the edge rushers?
3: Yeah, that was. I thought that was huge. Um, and we've talked about it, you and I. Some, they, he, he needs help up front. Uh, and more and more, like yesterday, if they get efforts like that, it's just going to be better and better for the guys in the back end. Um, so if you can, if they can get push from the interior with the way Crosby's playing right now, um, it's just it's just more of a strength of the defense. And you know, I, I agree with you. Yesterday, that was a good thing to see for them uh, to get that
0: push up front
3: and to you know have that kind of element along with Max. And that can, like I said, that's only going to help guys in the back end. If you get more pressure up front.
0: Yeah, it will. It was was good to see it. I hope they can continue with that, and I hope the defense can continue to evolve. They're not where they need to be, but they're at least giving the team an opportunity. to they're
3: giving their team a chance.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. And the the offense has definitely got to step their game up and start doing a little bit more of the lifting as well, kind of complement what the defense is able to do. Uh, Final question for you, Ed. Uh, We got into the locker room last night, and there was no Devontae Adams. How shocked were you that he wasn't there and available?
3: Not after that game, not shocked. I didn't think he would. We were talking about that in the press box. Um, you know, I know he was on the corner of one of the benches. I, I think there's some frustration there. I'm sure he's glad they won. I, I know he's about winning and he wants to win games. But I said, you know, like I said, nine targets in two weeks. I think he wants to contribute. Um, he wants more targets. You know, and that's what you know. Look, he's you know one of the best in the league. Um, and you know, the guy, you know, he wants to. He wants him to win games. and That's what winners do. You know, they get. People can see it as negative. I don't think you know. I don't really see it as that negative. I see it as a guy who you know knows how what his talent's you know uh, skill is and what his talent set is. And he just wants to contribute. He just wants to bomb more. And you know, if he wasn't like that, there'd be an issue. Right. Uh, but you know, I don't know what he'd say after a game like that. I mean, I'm sure he'd be happy they won. But you know, he probably was like better not. You know, it's probably a week to take the media off. He does. You know, he does a lot of media. He meets with us once a week, as you know out there. Talks after every game, so we actually said that in the press box that we probably thought last night was a you know a game to take off.
0: Yeah, no, I mean he he did one last year. I think it was the oh. Cardinals game where he took it off as well, and yeah. not a big deal. So uh, yeah, no. uh, I just was uh, it was funny just to look in the locker room and see that he was already gone. I was like, wow, <laughs> that was yeah, pretty he made quick, a quick
3: exit, didn't he? I was yeah. with uh, trying to get me and Hoyer, but when I went back in there, I mean, the locker was cleared out, and I said, oh no, a long long time ago that was that was done a long time ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, he he was out of there quick, fast, and hurry. I know I said that was the last question, but I did want to ask you what do you think about UNLV improving the five and one and winning the Fremont Can and keeping it uh, keeping it red.
3: And I mean, they're just rolling. They got they got votes in the uh, coaches' poll. Um, Jade Mayava was the national freshman of the week, quarterback. Nice. And they're just rolling, and, and you know they're just they're just taking care of business against teams they need to take care of business of. And and that, and that it might sound it might that might sound big. But and Ari knows this for being there all those years, also with UNLV, watching them. These are games they would mess up in the past. These are games they'd go into and say, "Oh, you should beat that team," and they wouldn't. And now they're not only beating them; they're like running them off the uh, off the grass. So he's a really good coach. He has really good coaches, and they have good players. And I'm really, I'm you know, I'm I'm, I'm excited to see them against Fresno State. I'm excited to see them against Wyoming, I'm excited to see them against Air Force, because they do have tougher games coming up. Mm-hmm. But to this point they've taken care of their business and they've done it in a really, really impressive way. So, you know, they beat Colorado State this week. They'll be bowl eligible for I think only the second time in maybe twenty years. So wow. um, that's a big deal for that program and he's he's doing a tremendous job. He's a he's a really I think we knew he was a good coach when they hired him, but he's a really good football coach.
0: Well, make sure you tell them don't do don't pull the Colorado and be up twenty nine nothing at halftime and no. find a way to lose.
3: <laughs> I don't think there's a Mountain West team that could come back from twenty nine points, but I think they'll be okay there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, man. That was uh, that was such a disappointment to see that on Friday night. But that's a conversation for another day. What are you working on, Ed? That we should be on the lookout for?
3: Uh, Raiders this week, and also going to go to uh, going go to Chicago a day early and check out uh, the young phenom from the Blackhawks, Connor Bedard, nice. He's playing the Golden Knights. So we'll be at that on Saturday night before I head to, uh, head to the Bears facility for the game
0: on Sunday. Nice, nice. Well, keep up the great work, Ed. We definitely appreciate you both on the Press Box and, of course, joining us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Thanks so much, my man.
3: Thank you, buddy. Talk to you soon.
0: Yes, Bye-bye. sir. Yes, sir. Ed Graney right there. ESP, ESPN Las Vegas, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with the Press Box with Tyler Bischoff. And also uh, you can read all his work in the Las Vegas Review Journal. Does a great job with both. and We definitely appreciate him. Uh, we appreciate him giving us a little bit of time this afternoon. So uh, we got a couple little sound bites that I want you to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. We uh, met with him earlier today. You'll also hear from Max Crosby uh, in the Raiders locker room following the game. But uh, here's how how Josh McDaniels opened up the presser earlier today talking about he just gave us, we didn't have to ask, he just gave us an update on Jimmy G.
4: Um, so uh, update uh, before we get going on Jimmy, um, you know, there was some concern yesterday that we would, um, you know, there was an internal um, issue. Um, so we did a bunch of scans yesterday, last night. Um, seems like we've dodged a big bullet uh, in that regard. So that's good news. Um, you know, we're still doing a couple things this morning um, and we'll, you know, kind of make sure we do all the right things here as we go forward. But um, the prognosis is a lot better than it might have otherwise been. Um, don't know yet for this week, relatively speaking. Um, so there's a lot still to, I'd say, uncover in that mm-hmm. regard. But um, good news relative to what it might have been. So,
0: so again, not a mind reader, but just from hearing what Head Coach Josh Redanis had to say, and as I heard it live while I was there at the Intermountain Health Performance Center, I just thought, yeah, he was. They were thinking he uh, he was going to have a big time injury. Uh, who knows how long he would have been out? But he's talking about internal and dodging a big bullet. And those, I mean, those are words that, you know, that let you know that they were very, very concerned about the health of Jimmy G. So they're not going to rush him back, right? They're not going to force him out there uh, sooner rather than later. Well, here's Josh Daniels talking about Jimmy G and when they can get him back.
4: I think we'll just, uh, again, protect him for sure, make sure that he's, um, you know, that we're not putting him at risk. Uh, that would never be uh, something we would want to do. So... Um, again, that's going to be a medical thing for us relative to following their orders. Um, again, very happy that we obviously dodged, a, a bad scenario. Um, so, uh, we'll just kind of take their advice. You know, we don't even have everything we need yet to, to make that determination, but, um, you know, the fact that we've played three guys already, um, certainly doesn't hurt. Uh, it's not ideal in terms of what you want to do, but, um, you know, they both got game experience. They both, you know, um, you know, have had to operate our offense in critical situations and close games. So um, that's helpful for them, too. And that answer right there is the one that made me feel like, yeah, he's not playing this week.
0: <laughs> right? I mean, just again, going back to dodging a big bullet and, you know, avoiding serious injury and talk to the doctors and it'll be a medical type thing. I mean, all those were all signs to me that, hey, this guy's not going to play. But of course, I'm not going to put that out there until. Coach McDaniel's actually says that and says that he's out, and or we get some kind of update that he's out for sure. But just again, kind of reading the tea leaves and listening to what he said, and and the the tone that he said it in, really kind of told me a lot. Now, like I said, I could be wrong. Come Friday, he would be like, "Yeah, he's good to go. He'll be out there today. You'll see him. You'll see him out there on Sunday." But my 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 brain tells me that that's not going to be the case. Well, when Brian Hoyer came in, first of all, he got booed heavily. And fair or not fair, whatever the case is, I mean, I, I get it. Raider Nation wanted to see Aiden O'Connell. But uh, something that Coach McDaniels has told us is that when it's the middle of the game and they all of a sudden have to go to a guy, they rather go to the veteran because he's been in that position before. He knows how to just jump in there and, and be ready to rock and roll. And, of course, Aiden O'Connell was the emergency quarterback. Uh, he was inactive but at the same time could be the emergency quarterback if need be. But they had – they had Brian Hoyer and when Brian Hoyer came in, it wasn't too many plays until he took a deep shot and it was connected with Trey Tucker. And it was nice. It was the longest play so far that the Raiders have had passing game so far this season. So here's coach McDaniels talking about the
4: deep ball threat, how that helped their offense out. Well, I mean, I think you always want to be able to do that. Um, you know, and at times, you know, we've had opportunities. Um, you know, we threw it down the field a handful of times yesterday. Um, You know, we hit the one to Trey down the middle of the field, which was a big play there, I think in the third quarter, Um, you know, and when we missed some other opportunities, you know, so um, those plays generally come down to a lot of people doing the right thing. Um, You never can predict when you're going to have a really clean opportunity to do that based on what the defense chooses to do. But. (laughs) when they do do it, as the Tucker play would show us, uh, when they do do that and leave the middle of the field exposed or the deep part of the field exposed, it really comes down to an execution play then. you know, Does the quarterback make a good throw? Does the receiver run a good route? Do they finish the play with the ball? And um, had some opportunities yesterday. Uh, disappointed we didn't come up with a few more of those. Um, you know, but we're gonna keep working on them because they obviously can help us. You know, That cuts out a ton of plays you know, from a drive. Instead of having to execute, you know, seven more plays, you get one, you know. So, I take all of them that we can get, clearly.
0: So, there's it goes Joshua Daniels talking about the deep ball threat and, and what it does and how it helps out the offense. Now, on the flip side of this, this will be the final soundbite that we get to and then we'll go out to the phone lines. But on the flip side of this, they did have long, sustained drives. I thought that that was impressive, taking ten minutes off the clock. I know you want to see the deep ball. You want to see – you know, the, the one, two plays, and you're in the end zone or whatever the case may be. But it's also nice to see eight minutes off the clock, nine minutes off the clock, seven minutes off the clock. That's cool if you're converting that into touchdowns as opposed to field goals. So I asked him about the red zone struggles and the fact that they were able to have some long, sustained drives. But when they got to the red zone, there seemed to be some kind of disconnect. So if he had any idea, if he could put his finger on what that disconnect is there's
4: no disconnect it's just it's to me it's when you get down there there's a premium on everything we do you know and so uh we had multiple penalties down there that they cost us we had two holding penalties and an offensive pass interference um that puts you now in first and 20 or second and 20 um you know in an area where that's really difficult to you know overcome um and then we missed some opportunities we had opportunities we didn't Uh, whether it was the running game or the passing game, we just didn't quite capitalize on them. Um, And, again, down there, it's all about details and execution. There's very, very little margin for error. And when you make an error, it usually is, you know, exacerbated, um, you know, ends up in either a negative play or or you're kicking field goals. So we fell behind the sticks, I think, three times down there in the red zone. And uh, when you do that, it's very difficult to overcome. So, um, you know, obviously we have to do better. I have to do a better job of trying to get us to play penalty free and be able to capitalize on the opportunities that we have. Um the good about that is is, you know, you play good enough to get it down there as many times as you do. Now let's fix that. Let's fix that area of the field. Let's play our best football down there going forward. Um what does that look like? You know, what's that game going to be, you know? And so um in, in that regard, I'm a glass-half-full guy, and we're going to try to fix that. We're going to do everything we can to do that. And if we start playing well down there and we're moving the ball, and you know, we I thought we played well on third down enough yesterday to get it down there, uh, now we got to capitalize on our opportunities.
0: Head coach Josh McGinnis right there talking about the red zone and what he saw as going wrong. And obviously penalties are going to put you behind the sticks, right? They're going to put you behind the eight ball, and it's going to make things a lot more difficult. But – That's got to be something that's got to be improved. Again, you can get away with that against, you know, Denver. You can get away against uh, Green Bay. You can get away with that against the Patriots. Get away with that probably with the Bears. Detroit? Nah. Chiefs? Nah. (laughs) Chargers? Nah. Right? I mean, those teams that are good. Hell, even the Jets. Even the Jets. Like, everyone wanted to, you know, just kind of throw dirt on their season as soon as Aaron Rodgers went down. Their defense is getting after it. Their defense is is giving themselves opportunities, and they're sitting there with the same record right now as the Raiders, and they're feeling great about themselves. It's so funny how two different organizations feel. Like most people that we talk to, Raider Nation, Raiders sitting there at 3-3, and and it's like, yeah, but Jets are at 3-3, and and they're like, yes, hell yes. (laughs) Hell yes. We didn't think we'd be here after Aaron Rodgers went down after four plays. They're riding the wave of Zach Wilson. But they've got that strong, strong defense, man. I love how their defense plays, and they've got a really good run game. And Zach Wilson has to just continue to get confidence and continue to, to to try to do what he's doing. And right now, it's okay. He's not a great quarterback at all, by any stretch of the imagination. He's gonna have a couple. He'll have a couple wide jimmies every game, right? Or wide Zach in this case. But they're finding ways to get it done, and and had a big win on uh, on Sunday over the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Gangster Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
5: What's up, Q? I was spinning a call to um, sing the praises of the defense, but I got to get something off my chest, especially with that Theo Harris call. <laughs> um, it seems like these Kardashians and, and Raider, some of these Raider fans, it's like they lament um, Derek Carr not being here and all that. But anyway, and then she was talking about him being a player air heir- Air FedEx Ground player, he lost to a rookie quarterback and the Houston Texans. Yeah. Let me tell you, he he had chances to win the game. Let me tell you his last two drives. On his last one, the, the drive before the last drive, he had fourth and four. Guess what he do? He throw a two yard pass. They turn it over on downs. They get the ball back with another chance to still win the game. Guess what he do? Those are interceptions. You know what I'm saying? So same stuff he was doing here. In, um Vegas, he doing it um New Orleans with a much better defense. He got everything he said he needed or whatever. There's no excuse for him there. And all you Kardashians that were bringing up, you know, when we was losing the last couple of weeks what he was doing, I see none of y'all brought that up last night. Even Ambo Thierre Harris, somebody, here, a FedEx ground player of the week. But he yeah,
0: lost that, was, that was the week before. A that, was, that was the week he, he before.
5: Lost, he lost to a rookie in right. Houston, in the Houston Texans. And y'all lamenting for that dude, look, he ain't from the hood no more. He wearing different colors and everything. If you a Raider fan, be a Raider fan and support the Raiders. If you a Derek Carr fan, then go be a New Orleans Saints fan and stop lamenting that we got rid of that bum who never won a playoff game or nothing for us. You know what I'm saying? This is Raider Nation. Raiders are nothing. So if you, if you don't support the Raiders, then get on and go join the state. I'm tired of this lamenting about that bum. He's a bum. He had two chances to win the game yesterday against New Orleans, and he lost to a rookie quarterback and the Houston Texans. I'm, I, I wasn't, I, my car wasn't supposed to be this, You, but I get tired of hearing that. This lamenting, um, this bum, had never won anything for us. And he couldn't even win against the Houston Texans and a rookie quarterback. Get it, get, stop doing that. He ain't from the hood no more. Keep a gangster,
0: y'all. i gone. I don't think Derek Carr was there from the hood. <laughs> but, I, but I get what you're saying. I'm just joking. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is something that we knew was going to happen, right? I mean, didn't we talk about it in the offseason that it was always going to be reflected on uh, what he did, what he didn't do. What he does, what he doesn't do. Oh, he's look, at, look how good he's playing. Oh, look how bad he's playing. That's something that we said was going to happen. So we uh, knew what he was talking about. What Amber was saying about the FedEx, and that was like a week ago or something like that. It wasn't off of yesterday's game, as you're right. He, uh, matter of fact, like I said earlier in the show, a lot of Saints fans are pretty angry at him right now. Uh, he had a fourth down, or not a fourth down throwaway, but it might have been a fourth down throwaway. He did one, uh, just threw away that was, that was awful. And a lot of Raider Nation was like, yep, see, that's what we always saw. So... It is what it is. But that he's always going to be affiliated with the team, and you know that there's always going to be people that are going to bring him up. So I wouldn't let it worry me and bother me too much. But I understand your frustration. Let's get one quick call in. Let's get Eddie in L.A. in real quick, then we'll take a break. Eddie, what's on your mind?
1: What's up, Q? So, yeah, great win yesterday from their defense. It's nice to see back-to-back wins, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I'm not Again, you know, we got to take it with a grain of salt. It's not like they, they be beat real beaters if we – we took care of business for teams that we should be able to take care of business, and that's something that's improved from last year to this year. So I've been harping a lot on, on Josh McDaniels, but his team got it done. Uh, we, as far as the offense goes, I, I, I think the, the only way we're going to actually show improvement moving forward is if he's willing to, to let go of the reins, which he's probably not going to do, and, and be a full coach to this team. This is what this team needs him to be as an actual coach. I think the reason for the last two or the the last two uh, different head coaches have come in. The reason we struggle on the red zone efficiencies is the same thing. There are play callers, head coach, and you can't sh- separate yourself from it. And I think you, you you get tied up too much in what you're doing. Certain people can do it at a really, really high level. If the rest of the team they have a defense to support them, and they got their players, and everything's working the way they want it. Others you can't. So I really I really hope that he humbles himself and he really turns turns that uh, he turns the, the keys over. And let unless the offensive coordinator are doing it so he can become a head coach. You never know what that's come around. But at the very least, we're doing this off the of W. Let's be happy for a win. We got Chicago this week coming up. Hopefully we we'll can catch them the right time, get another win, because we got a lot of games that are gonna be tough for us to win. But Raider Nation, this was a good one for us. Stay up.
0: There he goes, Eddie at LA. Thanks for the call, my man. I definitely appreciate you. And yeah, I mean I, I could appreciate what the the Raiders defense has done. Uh, the offense, you know, at some point they've got to make a decision of what they're going to do or who they're going to be and how they're going to do it, right? And I think there's many elements to it, but uh, you want to talk about, like I said, I I was frustrated just by the lack of success in in the red zone. I mean, just you get down there so many times. It's it's so hard to get down there to begin with, and then you don't have the success that you should. Even if you go three out of six, I mean, just think the difference of, you know, uh, eight more points as opposed to getting six, right? Getting 14 points total. I mean, the game's not even close. Uh, that's, that's how close these games are, you know, one bad possession, two bad possessions in an area where you can score points. And all of a sudden you have a close game as opposed to, you know, a blowout that, that you probably should have had. So, uh, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. I got a couple texts that I want to get to. I'll take a, a quick break. We're here at the underground lounge inside the oil hotel and casino. Uh, got a few texts that I got to get to. I got to find one. I got hit up by rich. I believe it's rich. Yep. Rich in Oakland. He said that he hit us up on the text line. Sometimes these get scrambled up a little bit, so I apologize if I haven't got to your text, but I'll try to do that. Hell, Jason in Maryland can't even get a text to go through me. No no BS. I mean, just pulling the curtain back. Ari has to pass along the message when Jason sends a text in, so I don't know what the difference between Ari's text line is and mine, but sometimes we just don't see it all. So it's never anything personal, never even when there are attacks on me or attacks on Ari or whatever the case may be, it's never personal. If we don't get to it, it's just I either don't see it or we just run out of time. So I'll try to find your text, Rich, and get some more. And then we'll hear from Mad Max Crosby when we come back here on Red Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta subs Make sure you check out Porta subs six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made to order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game Day 6 foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com.
4: Third and one, Rebels, head off to Lester, left, big hole, 40, 45, 50, near sideline, 40, 35, 30, 25, 15, 10, it is a touchdown for Donovan Lester, 66 yards, and the Rebels
0: extend their lead yet again. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness, live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Big ups to uh, the Re- the Rebels, almost called the Running Rebels. That's the basketball team. Uh, shout out to the UNLV Rebels, improving to 5-1 and one after they knocked off Reno. And, uh, of course, the, the Battle of the Fremont Cannon stays red. Uh, so, shouts out to Coach Odom and what he's got going on right there with the Rebels. Look like a, a really good team uh, as far as everybody that they've gone against. You know, we, we talk about it with the Raiders. You're supposed to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and that's exactly what they're doing. The only loss on the season came to Michigan. So, I'm not mad at them. You lost to Michigan. <laughs> Number two team in the country, not too mad at that as all. So, uh, yeah, shout out to the, the I almost called them the Runner Rebels again, man. I can't, I'll never get that out of my mind. They're always the, the Runner Rebels to me, but we got to call them what they are the Rebels. The basketball team is the Runner Rebels. I did find the text from Rich in Oakland, so definitely want to get that in. 69187, keyword RNR. I'm, enc- I'm encouraged by the defense, but I'm not going to get too excited until I see how they play Mahomes and the Tua's of the world. I'm rolling with Aiden every day and twice on Sundays. One question, Q. I believe in Tyree potential, but I'm worried about his body language and energy. He doesn't celebrate with his team. I see no fire. He's like a zombie playing next to Max, and he can't learn anything. Thoughts on that? That's Rich in Oakland. Uh, I don't see that with Tyree. I see a lot of potential in him. I think he has a lot of want to. Um, He's a different dude, as a lot of guys are different dudes, right? They don't all kind of have the same same motor and energy as far as, you know, the celebrations and, you know, that other stuff. I think he's still out there thinking, to be 100% honest with you. So when you say that you know he doesn't have any fire, he's he's like a zombie. I think when when guys think sometimes you just kind of I don't want to say zone off, but you kind of get that that zombie look. And, and my perfect example of that is sometimes when we are in the locker room—not this past weekend, but uh, last week on Monday against the Packers—we uh, were in the locker room, and you know there's always going to be a big crowd around, like Josh Jacobs or Max Crosby or Devontae Adams, and so. I'm trying to survey as we have Clay Baker, Lindsey, Vinny all in the locker room and me. So I'm like, okay, well, if they're getting those guys, let me go over here. And so we're trying to work this out as a team so we could bring you as much coverage as possible. And I remember I was thinking and I was kind of looking off into, I guess, space. And one of the guys that works for the Raiders was like, you, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, why? What's up? He's like, oh, man, you look like, you know, you're zoning out. And I was like, no, no, I'm just thinking. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just sometimes when you're thinking, you just kind of have that look on, on your face. Like, there's nothing wrong with, with him. He's not, you know, not emotionless. I mean, like, I, I see him in the locker room, and, and he's got a, lo- a lot of emotion. So I think I think he's going to be fine. I just think he's thinking. And I think he also is feeling a little bit of pressure, to be honest. He's the number seven overall pick, and he has no no sacks. You know, he hears the noise. All, all the players and coaches that say they don't hear anything or they don't read anything, they're all lying to you. They hear it all. Max Crosby tells us all the time, we hear it all. We hear it all. They do. So I think he's probably feeling a little bit of pressure to go out there and show why they drafted him number seven overall. Because everyone wants that, that number one draft pick to be the, the, the franchise, you know, game changer, which, you know, that's why they select him there to be that game changer. So I think that there's, you know, a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of pressure and at some point he's gotta just not think and just go out there and play and Matter of fact, I think that's what I asked Coach McDaniels about the first game. After, right after the first game he played in, I said I felt like he was thinking, and that's why he was slow off the ball. So I think he's going to be okay. Uh, but until you start to see it, obviously we really don't know. But uh, thank you for that text. I do appreciate you speaking to Max Crosby and in the locker room. Let's go ahead and go and hear from what Mad Max had to say following the game. It always gives us a good chunk of time. We definitely appreciate him. Here's Max Crosby following the win.
2: As you're turning that corner, Max, to come in for the, to help out on that safety, I mean, what are you seeing? Are you seeing anything, or is it all just a blur? No, I see everything. I yeah. was very calm. Um, the play before, we ran a game, and I came through clean, and they blew the whistle, so I was like, all right, I got to get this. <laughs> I got to get home. And um, I seen uh, Gusecki come over to chip, so I knew um, I had to beat him clean, and then it would have gave me a chance, you know, to win on the edge. So, yeah, you know, just... We work it every single day, um, it's just regular routine, you know, working my technique, uh, getting off the ball and finishing, and you know, that's, a, that's what happened, and Bilal had a great rush as well, so yeah, you know, there's no better feeling, um, closing the game out, we talked about it last week and the week before, you know, our defense, you know, improving, and uh, I think we're seeing that every single week, so it's, it's good to see. Is that your first safety in your career, like ever? <laughs> yeah, yeah, first one, first one, it felt great. Is that
3: like a dream scenario for a DN, like the game with
2: the game-winning safety kind of thing? Yeah, that was, it was an out-of-body experience. It was incredible. You know, every time I go out on the field um, I want to be at the best um, I possibly could be at. And uh, I was battling some things um, and <laughs> banged up. Um, but it doesn't matter. You know, my, my guy stuck next to me. We fought through it. We found a way. And uh, no better feeling than getting a win, you know, especially you Know back to back, and now we're back to 500, so we got to go ahead and get another one next week. Fired up because of the way the, the delay of gameplay
3: went the play before. What about I know you picked up the penalty that the drive before they really scored? Were you fired up because of that? You want another
1: shot? <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm not gonna say I can't even make a comment on that, but Last yeah, one. yes, I was fired up. No question.
0: <laughs> Last week, <laughs> um, the defense was you know. Uh, Like you said, something like we take it personal, all the naysayers and all of that. So, just wondering how much that has served as fuel for you guys
1: this week.
2: Yeah, you know, it's every day we walk out there together. You know, we uh, we're getting closer and closer. We spend a ton of time together. We go to dinners together every week, um, and you know, we see everything. So, at the end of the day, you know, this defense, uh, you can you see it every single you know week and. We're not there yet. You know, it's a constant, never-ending, you know, process of improvement. But uh, we're working towards that every single day, and you see it every time you step in the building. So um, it's a direct result when we get out there on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays. And uh, we just got to keep improving every way we can. Max, uh, two straight games,
3: wins, uh, a 3-3 record. And you guys probably haven't come close to throwing your best punch uh, yet. Is how encouraging is that? That you know, there's still a ceiling for this team to get to
2: in terms of putting together a great performance. Yeah, no matter win or loss, uh, regardless of the fact you never got it. Um, that's something I got from Gus Bradley, and uh, it's it's the absolute truth. You know, the second you think you got it in this league, that's when you're you're going backwards. So, um, yeah, it's huge to get a win. We're super fired up about it, but um, you know, we got to enjoy this, and then tomorrow we're right back to it. Um, I know myself, I'll watch, <laughs> start watching tonight, and get right back to it. And recovery already started, and. You know, I got in the tubs already. It's just, it's every single day and that's what it's required. So um, I just try to get my guys with me um, and keep improving. So yeah, you know, it's super exciting to get the win, especially at home again. Uh, I know the fans love it. So we just got to keep going.
1: Question so much of the conversation was about this team just not getting it done in one score games. Now you guys have the
0: evidence of back-to-back weeks. Do you feel a tangible shift in those clutch moments that you guys are making now?
2: Yeah, I just feel like, you know, we're bonded, you know, closer, you know, when you, when you have guys all on the same page, on, on the same mission, uh, we don't panic, you know, I got the penalty, they end up scoring the next play. Um, I was, I felt like I let my team down, um, even though I thought, you know, whatever, I thought about the call. <laughs> and then, you know, I told, every, literally I told the guys, every single one of them, like, I got y'all, I got y'all, just watch this. And that was simple as that. And, uh, you know, they were like, bro, don't worry about it. Go, go get it next play. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. You know, I got great teammates. Uh, we got great dudes in this locker room and that's all you can ask for.
3: Max, along those lines, meek. You know, there's a penalty, but very next play sack. Yeah. Uh, moving forward, not not you know letting a, one bad moment turn into two bad moments. How important is that?
2: Yeah, it's everything. You know, in this league, it's always it's the next play. You can't worry about the last play and let it affect the next three. It's, it's simply good or bad as a result. You know, you either have a win or a loss. Um, you could have a neutral, you know, rep, but at the end of the day, you gotta just go to the next snap. You know, you can't be worried about the one before, um, or the one after. You just gotta be locked in and be present. And uh, I think that's the most important thing, you know, in football. And that's what's helped me, uh, you know, continuously take, you know, steps forward. Is not getting too emotional, not too high, uh, not too low. Just staying even keeled and just uh, improving every way um, on every down. How hard then, Max, is it, or how easy would it be to compartmentalize? You guys got to focus on what you got to do defensively, but when your quarterback leaves at halftime. Yeah, honestly, I didn't even—I had no idea um, until I got back out of the tunnel. Um, I was dealing with some stuff in my leg, but um, yeah, I went out there and they're like, "Jimmy's down," and you know, he's dealing with something. So, uh, you know, for us as a defense, we we talk about it, but it's—we uh, want to be the reason we win the game, and uh, no matter what, obviously, we, Jimmy's our brother. Um, we're praying for him, and hopefully, he's all good. Um, But yeah, you know, you gotta go out there and go win. So as simple as that, we went out there and we did that. So we're excited about it. Max, you're playing at
4: such a high level. Does it feel like, I know they usually say this in other sports as well, that you're in the zone? Does it just feel like that right now? I mean, you're rocking the Bobby Boucher jersey. Quite frankly, that's how you've been playing.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, Tim Grover talks about it all the time. He's like, you know, the great ones, the Kobe's, the Jordan's, um, they're always in the zone. And uh, whatever that is, whatever I gotta do to get to that, um, you know, by game day, That's what you have to solve, you know, to stay at the top and be at the highest level. And for me, um, you know, I'm constantly searching, you know, to be in the zone at all times and, uh, you know, practice weight room uh, and then directly, obviously, on Sundays um, when I'm out on the field. So, yeah, you know, you're in the zone. Um, It comes from preparation and just mental strength and mental, you know, fortitude um, to be consistent with everything you do in preparation, you know, leading up to it. So, yeah, you know, for me, um, the mental is just as important as the physical. And uh, I, I definitely, you know, believe you know, I, I definitely have room to grow um, in every way, and that's that's what I'm searching for every day. No matter the result, you know, you can get pats on the back, you can get slander, but at the end of the day, you got to show up the next day and you got to improve. So that's my, my that's my approach every day.
0: I gotta ask where you got it that was Bobby Boucher jersey that's from?
1: The Bobby <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did someone give it this, to you? Or? No, I was uh, I was in uh, Boston with uh, with Dana White this off season, yeah. <laughs> and I seen the jersey uh, up on the wall, and I got. The Bobby Boucher, obviously, and I got a few other ones, but uh yeah, it was uh, you know a, a must grab. I haven't seen an actual like stitched jersey like that, so I had to get it.
0: There's Max Crosby right there, and yeah, he was rocking the Bobby Boucher jersey, which was pretty funny. He was hanging up in his locker, and he rocked it when he wore it in and wore it out. But uh, good stuff right there from Max, and uh, obviously the the face of the franchise, the leader of the team, and always is uh speaking to us after the game, win or lose, and just kind of telling us. Uh, how he feels and what he's trying to bring to the table, and what he's trying to get that defense and the rest of the team as well to keep bringing to the table. And, uh, you know, he's he's super excited about the opportunity to be the leader of the franchise, and that's exactly who he is. Right now, let's go ahead and hook somebody up right now. 702 365 9200. Call number nine. We're going to go send you to see Jeff Dunham. He's going to be at Planet Hollywood on uh, October 22nd. You want to go? We got a pair of tickets to you. to, to Tickets to see Jeff Dunham. Again, call number nine, 702 365 9200. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.
5: Now
3: back to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino.
0: The Texas Rangers just took a 2-0 lead in the ALCS as they topped the Astros 5-4. Our conversation tomorrow with John McClain from Houston will be interesting. I'll definitely start it off talking some Astros. And I'll say this, as much as I think that he's going to be not mad, but he's just disappointed in the performance by the Astros, he's kind of been saying that all year, that they're not playing at the level that, that... he would want them to play or they should be playing at. And uh, that was the reason that I picked the Rangers to go to the World Series is only because of Bruce Bochy, and he's a hell of a manager, and they were going up against the Astros that, as John has said, and I think anyone who watches baseball knows, they, uh, they have not been playing like they should be playing, haven't been taking advantage of the opportunities that they have. Want to give a big shout-out to Wendell. Uh, he got hooked up. We're going to send him to go to, a, go to a comedy show, man, go see Jeff Dunham. So there you go. So shout-out to Wendell. Uh, we have more winning on the way. Matter of fact, all week long we have plenty of winning. Our guy Craig and promotions does a fantastic job making sure we're loaded up with plenty of prizes to give out here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Got a couple quick texts that I want to get to. Mark in Jersey. If Jimmy can't go, you start to experience a quarterback, not the inexperienced, in my opinion. That's Mark in Jersey. Uh, Raider Gray, East Bay Raider Gray said it sounds like Gangster Raider got an axe to grind with car. DC got him so upset he put him on loop. <laughs> so that's from East Bay Raider Gray. He did say it's okay though. It's upsetting that we still struggling at quarterback too. Probably uh, what got Gangster Raider so uh, so hot and bothered. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, that's the thing. You know, and we've talked about it plenty of times. You just want to see what the end-all, be-all plan is, and clearly it's not where it needs to be just yet. So uh, it could be frustrating, and we knew it was going to be one of those years where there was going to be a lot of reflection on the previous, no matter what, good or bad. So there you go. That's East Bay Raider Greg. Rob in Oakland said, for some people, they may be stuck on the old QB. I think when other people reference him, it's less about him and more about understanding what's wrong with our Red Zone production and analyzing the personnel decisions Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have made. We're still unable to produce touchdowns with good wide receivers and a good running back. We've never we're never going anywhere without touchdowns in the red zone. Whether it be scouting, coaching, play calling, personnel, or execution, Jimmy was supposed to be better in air quotes in the red zone, but I don't see it. I don't care about the DC versus Jimmy comparisons. I want production. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. And I'm with I'm like that with the coach. Some people are so hell bent on the name of the coach and where the coach came from. I don't care who coaches. I just want to see someone coach up winners right and and look I'm not trying to get super excited and do cartwheels because the Raiders have won two games in a row but it's better than losing two games in a row they were on a three game losing streak now they're on a two game winning streak again beating the teams they're supposed to beat and when the team like the Detroit Lions come up then you know all bets are off that's going to be a tough one but they go in there and they win that game then okay now now you got a conversation going but of course you got to you got to win the games that you're supposed to win. And before you ever think about the Detroit Lions, you got to worry about the Chicago Bears, who are the next team up on the schedule. And, you know, they'll probably be without Justin Fields, as the Raiders will probably be without Jimmy Garoppolo. None of that has been confirmed yet, but. It is obviously a storyline that we'll continue to monitor throughout the rest of the week. Tomorrow, we'll uh, talk to John McClain. We'll continue to reflect back on this victory for the Raiders, squaring everything up at 3 and 3. Then, of course, on Wednesday, we'll start to turn the page to Chicago. And maybe we'll get an update on both quarterbacks, Justin Fields and Jimmy G. He could end up being the backup versus backup game on Sunday. So definitely appreciate all the feedback. Text, calls, all that. Sorry we didn't get to every one of them, but gotta understand that on a Monday we're gonna have so much. Well, we get so much every day because Raider Nation is so passionate. We definitely appreciate that. Whether you agree with us or don't agree with us, we definitely appreciate your feedback. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, have a great night, and we'll talk to you then. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on lvsportsnetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.